This is the best, 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 best practices in education and Odyssey School podcast. Let's fly away in a cloud. We'll go down to Odyssey. This podcast aims to offer professional resources, practical tools, and inspiring conversations to teachers and parents in their quest for excellent education. And the trees are rainbow, and you'll see the corn every now and then because that's not weird at all. Welcome to Best Practices, an Odyssey School podcast. My name is Corey Adams, and I'll be your host. Today, we're joined by high school director and English teacher Gabriel Johnson. Gabriel completed a BFA in literature at UNC Asheville in 2001. As a teacher, Gabriel believes that learning control of language is essential for navigating the modern world. He also believes that learning to appreciate literature is one of the most rewarding endeavors a person can pursue. Gabriel, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. It's good to be back. I know today... In including all of that love of language and English language arts learning, we're actually going to turn our focus a little bit to talking about training teachers. So can you share a little about the inspiration behind the creation of your best practice? Sure. So going into this year, um, like a lot of teachers and a lot of schools, we knew that we weren't going to be able to cover the same amount of curriculum Um, as we would during a normal year. We have more absences, uh, virtual classes, or just they just move slower. Um, And so all of our teachers knew that we would need to adjust our curriculum and have to find ways to leave some things out. Um, About halfway through the semester, what I realized was um, the high school teaching team was having a really hard time figuring out how to adjust that curriculum and how to actually choose things to leave out in an intentional way. Um, so I decided to create this workshop to help teachers figure out a way to intentionally leave out some things and restructure their lesson plans and their unit plans in order to create more space so that we could still engage students on a deeper level and not leave any students behind, those students who are struggling or, or had more absences. Mm. Can you share a little about what your starting point was when you were planning? Yeah, so I really wanted to, the way I approach everything is to to think about the reasons why. So I went back to thinking about what is, what is really the driving reason of, reason to adjust curriculum during this time. And um, what it really came down to for me was student stress and the student experience. So in a normal school year, students um, experience stress. They, uh, they get stressed about their grades or peer approval, parent relationships, maybe romantic interests. Sometimes they have trouble sleeping or um, they're having poor nutrition. So that's all the stresses that happen to a student in a normal year. But mm-hmm. normally, students have ways to deal with that stress. They, they have sport um, you know, sporting events that they take part in. Um, they have socializing with their peers, and they have a, a number of methods of de-stressing themselves. This year, not only do students have the added stress of 
the fear of COVID, the fear of like infect, getting infected or infecting someone else. But they also are lacking uh, ways to deal with that stress in a healthy way. And so cortisol levels are high and that can lead to a number of negative outcomes for students. Um, this can cause patterns of sleeplessness, depression, anxiety, loss of appetite, even things as extreme as hair loss and tooth degradation mm. um, can happen because of these increased levels of cortisol. So for me, that was really the basis of like why this is absolutely necessary to create a school environment that both meets students' needs um, in terms of the education that they're getting, mm -hmm. but also meets the needs of them as human beings to um, relieve some of that stress and not to really not to add more stress than absolutely necessary. I'm curious, just on the ground, were you seeing evidence of students experiencing stress? Absolutely. And this was something that, you know, the teachers were universally seeing. We, um, mm -hmm. we meet every week and talk about individual students, and we can pinpoint the students who, who were being affected the most. We know which students um, struggle with online learning or virtual learning, and mm -hmm. we can see that when we've had to go to um, more vo virtual classes, we can see those grades lag and those um, assignments with like poorer work or just not coming in. So mm -hmm. we, we definitely saw the effects of this stress. Yeah, I know you teach a full course load in addition to directing the program. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering, were you simultaneously restructuring your own curriculum? Yeah, I was. So um, again, I, I think I had a longer a lead time into this summer. Being the director means I was here all summer. I was thinking about classes all summer. And um, I think I had a little bit of a head start on a lot of the teachers mm -hmm. in terms of like, what the school year was going to look like and restructuring to meet that, to meet those those demands of the school year. Um, so yeah, I was already thinking about restructuring my own curriculum at the start of the year and then adjusting it sort of on a week-by-week -week basis and understanding like what needs were there and um, how I could meet those needs and, and really like trying to find new ways to, to do that. So what kinds of changes did you make? So I, I really focused on on two sort of like a dual attack right against my um, towards my curriculum, which was one thinking about it from a unit planning perspective, mm -hmm. and then from a lesson planning perspective. Um, each of these brought their own challenges, but um, ultimately, I think the way I was able to restructure both kind of work together. Mm -hmm. So. Starting on the unit level, um, what I did was I reduced the number of units that I teach in a semester mm -hmm. and combined some of my individual elements from units. So I, so I chose specific skills, specific, um, I'm a literature teacher, so uh, specific literary techniques, grammar topics, and I combined those into the other unit. So instead of reading two books and having these things spread out over two units, we focus on one book. We covered more topics than I would normally, but we also took longer to read that book and really um, gave students a little more space. So when you took that same objective into the room with a variety of teachers, teachers who are mm -hmm. between grades pre-K all the way through 12th grade, how did you approach it with them? So teachers knew going into this week, um, this week staff meeting that they were that we were doing this so they all came prepared with some kind of unit plan or lesson plan 
and I asked teachers to go through their lesson plan. So first I kind of showed them my own um, evolution of my unit plan. I showed them what I started with um, and then how I combined my units and um, how I restructured things. Mm -hmm. I showed them a lesson plan and then how that lesson plan was restructured. Mm. Then I asked them to do the same thing with their own material. So like go back, work through either a unit or a lesson to try to like reduce the number of things, chunk in a way where you're allowing students more time to work in class with teacher oversight so that there's more direct immediate feedback um, on assignments and to incorporate a lot of de-stressing activities in the actual classroom. Mm. So once they had kind of had some time to go through their own units or their own lessons, I had them meet with teachers either in the grade level above or the grade level below them to think about this curriculum shift across multiple years. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is because we really wanted to meet our curricular goals over the long term and not leave any students with gaps in learning. So really thinking about like how we're going to fill in the gaps that we're leaving this year that, that mm-hmm. um, the need for this adjusted curriculum is leaving in students' learning. So what was the feedback from teachers? I'm just curious. So they show up, they have their unit and maybe a lesson plan. And in terms of feedback, how did that process work for them? So I think it was pretty mixed results. I think especially here, I know um, the teachers at Odyssey really pride themselves on their um, on their skill as teachers. They take a lot of pride in what they do. And I think it was really tough for some teachers to give up any amount of curriculum. <laughs> it was yeah. just really hard for them to want to let go of anything. Everything feels necessary. And when you're sitting there and trying to figure out what gets put on the chopping block, it's really hard to figure out how to do that. Sure. I think for other teachers, it was really useful to see it approached in such a um, like a global way, to see it from start to finish and think sure. about how to do that and, and look at their whole semester or their whole year as a unit. Um, so I think it was really helpful in that sense, but I think it was also really tough. Yeah, I remember as we were talking in those initial planning sessions in summer, and then especially as it got close to the start of school, that we sort of settled on, we're going to try to cover around 75% of our content curriculum across the grade levels. And I think what I saw in the meeting when teachers were working through the workshop goals, that probably most of them were not doing that. Yeah. And then I know we kind of came to this is actually going to take practice and repetition to get more clear on what needed to drop for the time being. Yeah, I think that's I think that's accurate. I I do think this is something that takes practice like anything. Um, One of the 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 things that I think, um, you know, I I kind of assumed that that was going to be the hardest part for teachers. And so one of the um, elements of my presentation was really sort of listing some um, tips, right? Like, so I had mm-hmm. eight eight different tips that I gave to teachers. So as they're doing this, they can kind of refer back to these these tips and ask themselves, like, are they able to do these things that will allow for a little bit more space in their curriculum? So the first one: start your curriculum map 
or pacing guide and think about how to combine units and to create more space in each unit. So that's the one that, um, that's how I started, right? Thinking mm-hmm. about it globally. In um, unit planning, I, I felt that it was really useful and really important to reduce the number of pages or the density of readings for students. Mm-hmm. Again, I think this, this has to do with stress and the amount of cognitive function that, that students are actually able to give to their classes. Because what I found is if you're actually going over the line that, that students are capable of, they won't do what they are capable of. They just won't do it. Mm. And so you end up with more students not completing assignments rather than doing partial assignments, which is what I would normally see you know, in a normal sure. year. Another one of my tips is to use chunking um, and to, to actually plan fewer chunks per class period. So normally I will use 15 to 20 minute chunks in a, in a lesson plan. Um, we do 80-minute classes here, so so that usually leaves four chunks that I can do in a classroom. So instead of having four, I went down to three mm-hmm. and actually took an entire chunk out, and I replaced that with class time where teachers or where students could work on the material that we covered, and I could give them direct feedback as they were working. Another important aspect of this was really like figuring out how to close the loop on student learning. So in a normal year, um, I might go over the homework about 50% of the time Mm -hmm. with students, you know, depending on whether I feel like they're getting it or not. And um, for this year, I just made it a point to go over homework every time, to set aside time in class to go over homework so that students were like closing that loop of homework that was assigned they did mm-hmm. it at home. They came back. They saw whether or not they were completing that correctly or whether they didn't complete it. They got to yeah. see it in action. Yeah. Um, so they still had some uh, way to interact with it. Another really important aspect of this for me was to include more aesthetic, kinesthetic, and social elements in my lesson planning. So rather than focusing solely on my um mental curricular goals for students i tried to incorporate more art more activities where students got up and moved around Mm -hmm. and more activities or or, um, class activities that required them to interact with their peers yes i know that's been a goal across the high school and that also our elementary age teachers have been working in more of that time right and it's just those types of activities reduce stress Whereas mental-based activities tend to add stress to students. So really Mm -hmm. trying to find that balance was important. Um, And then the last thing was to make class time for non-academic-focused things altogether. Mm -hmm. Um, I started most of my classes this year with a journaling, like a free-write journaling exercise where students were just allowed to to write about whatever was coming up for them. Um, We incorporated mid-class walks, Um, just out of the classroom, getting up, moving around. Mm -hmm. Um, And also time at the beginning of class to do some centering practices or even just some social time for students to like land in the class and and have some social time with their peers. Speaking of social time, we have been closing out the show this season by inviting teachers to share a joke that they've heard or something funny that students have said So do you have anything you'd like to share with us? Earlier today, we were painting mugs, one of our aesthetic de-stressing activities, and I painted a a power outlet 
just like a wall outlet on my mug. I walked up to a student to show him, and uh, he immediately said, so painting's really your outlet, isn't it? This has been Best Practices in Education, an Odyssey School podcast. It was recorded here in our music studio in Asheville, North Carolina at Odyssey School, engineered by our music director, River Gargarian, and the original theme music was created by the Misfits of Cragberry, an Odyssey student band. Let's fly away in a cloud.